Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron, and The Bachelorette is back. Katie Thurston kicked off her season last night, and we are going to break it all down. And you are also going to hear my chat with Katie. We caught up after I watched the premiere, so she gave a little bit of insight into her connections with Greg and Connor the Cat and teased a little bit about Blake Moynes and what we saw in the promo. And, you know, as always, I say, you have a limited period of time with these people. So I had a a tight eight minutes with our girl, Katie, but I think I got some good scoop in there. Um, Ran out of time before I could ask about the purple skirt. So I apologize in advance, but I promised to get to the bottom of whether she was wearing that skirt backwards at some point or another. But for now, we need to dive into the premiere. And I am joined by Us Weekly Senior Social Media Manager, Kelly Lasky. Hello, Kelly. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for having me. What were your overall thoughts on the Bachelorette premiere? Um, recent Bachelorette and Bachelor like premiere episodes, I feel like I've been kind of bored, but I really wasn't with this one. I thought it was kind of smooth sailing. Um, they cut right to the chase. There wasn't it wasn't like six hours long like it normally is. I liked the like quick two hours. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, I obviously have some hot takes and some people who bothered me in true fashion, but I thought it was good. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I thought it kind of had all the makings of like a classic Bachelorette premiere. Um, We got a lot of time with the guys, which was good. I feel like I already know a lot of their names. I don't know if I just took better notes than normal or if they just focused a lot. They like kind of went through a lot of store, a few different stories and they stuck with those guys, which was good. So we got to know them a little bit after um, last season with Matt's girls. I didn't know anything about them besides who they didn't like. So I felt like it was a good way to start the season. Um, There's a little bit of drama, which we'll get into and try to um, try to dissect. Cause I did hear something from a source that we can maybe, maybe throw in there with Cody and Aaron. Um, but before we talk about the guys and the limo entrances and Tasha and Caitlin, we have to talk about Chris Harrison because right before we started recording this, the news broke that Chris Harrison's exit from the Bachelor franchise is permanent. Obviously, Chris Harrison missed Matt James after the final rose in March after his controversial interview with Rachel Lindsay on Extra about Rachel Kirkconnell. Then he it was reported that he would not be a part of Katie's season. And shortly after that, he hired a lawyer, which pretty much signaled that Things were, you know, getting messy behind the scenes. Us Weekly confirmed last week that he was definitely not going to be there for Paradise. Already looking like he was going to miss Michelle's season. And now today it is confirmed he is done. He reportedly received an eight-figure payout from the network um, with these negotiations that have been going on behind the scenes, I think, kind of this whole time. Um, They said on Dateline, which Us Weekly did confirm this report, it was a mid-range eight-figure payout, which from my understanding, means around $50 million. So Chris Harrison made bank on this whole situation, but he also lost his job. So Bachelor Nation pretty split, I think, as they have been this whole time. Um, personally, you know, I said very clearly from the beginning, I thought Chris Harrison, that interview was wildly concerning and upsetting. And he, you know, went out of his way to say these things about Rachel Kirkconnell, um, and said in his own statement that he spoke in a way that perpetuated racism. I also think that the way this was handled, if they wanted him to come back, they, they should have had him maybe be a part of the conversation. Um, I understood having him sit out from after the final row, so it didn't take all the attention away from it. But after watching it, I kind of thought that Emmanuel Acho could have helped him and been a part of the conversation and they would have been able to move on as a franchise. But instead, he wasn't there. We didn't hear from him. 
He did that kind of awkward Good Morning America interview. And then he, after the news broke about Caitlyn and Tasha, he hired that high profile lawyer, lawyer who represented Gabrielle Union during her drama with um, America's Got Talent. So that pretty much to me was the signal that things aren't going well behind the scenes and he's ready to start negotiating something. It also tells me since it happened shortly after they named Tasha and Caitlyn that he was really itching to come back for Katie's season to get the ball rolling and start, you know, moving forward. And obviously ABC opted not to do that. So that's what my gut says. I think I'm just so used to Chris that, um, I mean, how long has he been with Bachelor Nation? Like 19 years or something crazy like that? Yes, yeah, since um, the 2002 premiere. So he's kind of a staple with the franchise and we're just so used to having him that I don't even know if he would be like, better than someone else it's just that that's what we were given when we first started watching um i'm obviously like i think i'm gonna miss him just because i'm like a nostalgic person but i don't think he handled anything correctly and i didn't see very much like remorse or like understanding on his end especially with the good morning america interview that you were talking about so that just would be the problem would just continue He's just doesn't seem like he really understands like that Rachel Lindsay interview. I remember when I was done watching it, I was like, that was like so uncomfortable and also just like sad and upsetting. So, you know what? I'm like totally open to having someone new or like switching around with different people. But I think that we all just need to understand that it's not fully going to feel like how it always has. And I think we just have to accept that, but you know, it is what it is. And I think he'll be back for something else. He'll host a game show or his, I wouldn't say his career's over, um, but he did get a big payout for like a terrible situation. So it's just kind of, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I agree. I don't think his career is over either. I think we'll see him doing something else. It kind of reminds me of like Billy Bush after everything that happened. He didn't work for a long time. And then now he's the host of he was talking to Rachel Lindsay about this interview with on Extra since it was an extra mm-hmm. interview and he works for Extra. So I think we'll see him again, too. Um, not within Bachelor Nation and probably part of that payout is including his silence to not say whatever he wanted to say or reveal things he's not supposed to reveal, which is part of the negotiation. So I don't think we're going to be hearing anything crazy from Chris Harrison anytime soon. I think he is definitely going to have to stay pretty quiet on this situation. Um, you never know what's going to happen. But overall, with Tasha and Caitlin, I definitely thought it was a little bit of a learning curve. Like it was pretty corny in the beginning when they were like clearly reading lines and they were trying to do it. But every time they broke character, I really liked it. Like when Caitlin joked, like we nailed that, and they were like laughing about it. And when they mm-hmm. surprised Katie, I thought it was cute. And you know, it was a little gimmicky with them, like with the popcorn, watching the guys through the window. So I don't think we need all that. But when it was just them like being authentic and like talking about the guys and kind of being almost like stars, they're just like us. Like I thought it did come off relatable. And I do think it's beneficial for a lead to have someone like them to talk to. I mean, you'll hear during my interview with Katie, she credited Tasha and Caitlin for the reason she didn't quit the show when she tried to. So I do think it makes sense to that degree. Um, but they're, you know, a little bit of a learning curve. I think there was some corny moments involved in there and their hosting, but I also, you know, it was a wild situation for them to jump into. The thing I did like about them, this, I'm not sure anyone else picked up on this. First of all, I didn't love their dresses, but I liked that they were like black and plain so that like Katie was able to like have her moment and stand out because when you're bringing in like two other beautiful women, I mean, guys are guys. Like they're gonna like they might see them like Tasha. Like everyone loves Tasha, but it really gave Katie like the pedestal she needed to be on and showed like, okay, this is not about Chris Harrison. Chris Harrison wasn't addressed at all. Yeah, so this is not about Chris Harrison. This is not about these two like new hosts. I'm gonna put hosts in quotes because I wouldn't even know if you would call them that. This is about Katie. Let's like let her have a moment, and that's what I liked about it. But yeah, like. The thing that I think is going to be really tough if they do like settle on like one certain host, everyone's constantly going to be comparing them to Chris Harrison. So it might be an easier route to just keep throwing Bachelor Nation people in there. So, you know, they're not constantly trying to live up to something that once was. That's so true. I also think I totally agree about the black dresses. And I also think that they didn't bring up Matt James at all either which was shocking to me. Usually the the show, the bat, whichever it is, Bachelor or Bachelorette, it kicks off with a little mini recap of how we know the person, the heartbreak, quote unquote, that they went through with their past lead and why now they're ready. And they didn't say Matt James' name once. They didn't show any footage from 
Bachelor last season. And I think that was another sig- signal of the show really just trying to move on and start fresh with Katie. And part of me thought it was weird and kind of like, you know, but at the same time, Katie came in like what, 10th on Matt's season? Like, I don't think she was holding out anything, holding a candle for him. It's not like when it's your runner up and they're devastated. So I don't know if that's why they did it or if it was to just start fresh, but they, they really started with like an intro of this is Katie. She's quirky. She falls off her bike, but she's, you know, she's relatable and she's super nice and her parents got divorced, but she, that's not going to stop her. And it was a lot about Katie. And I do think that was refreshing. And I saw some people on Twitter, you know, saying the first 30 seconds, we learned more about Katie than we did all of Matt's season. So, I liked the I liked that. And I as someone who wasn't necessarily thrilled with Katie as the choice, I thought it kind of made me like her. She was endearing. She was almost too nice. I'm like, this girl's too nice for me. I know. I was saying I was actually texting Sarah during it, being like, wow, I would have been so much meaner, like about all these gimmicks. Um, but yeah, I think it was I think it was good. And I think that she does have that relatable factor. Back to what you were saying before though, too. It was interesting that they didn't bring up any of how she was like kind of fighting against the bullying of last season. Like she Mm -hmm. was going against all the bullies and it was almost like, okay, if we don't talk about that, then it's almost as if the show didn't have a bullying problem. Yeah. So it's really just like wiping everything under the carpet and like, let's just move forward. Um, Someone who has never watched the bachelorette before could have watched last night, like not needing to know any of the stuff that has gone on in the past, which I think that was like their motive. So whatever they were trying to do with that, I mean, obviously was working because it was like a clean slate and it was very noticeable. Like the not mentioning Matt James too was interesting. I mean, he obviously had all of his drama with Rachel. Now he's back with Rachel. Um, But yeah, I thought that another thing too um, that I liked about Katie was they showed her like photo shoots at the beginning and she was like so awkward. And I always wonder how do these people do these photo shoots? Like they're so uncomfortable. You have to like stare off into the distance. And she was openly like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is weird. Like I'm going to stand up against a wall and like, a Canadian tuxedo and just hope for the best. It reminded me of like a CW promo shoot when she was like on the swing um, and like trying yeah. to like look seductively into the camera. But I also think even like her walking shots when she was like in the coat and the, she was like still in Seattle, I was like, oh, this is awkward, which it's, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. Like, mm-hmm. cause like you said, that's more relatable, but I feel like we've had a lot of leads like a Tasha or a Hannah, Hannah B where they almost like became models overnight and they Georgia. were, yeah, Jojo and it kind of mm-hmm. came more naturally to them maybe in front of the camera and for Katie it was a little awkward but I think that that is an endearing thing because it's not normal and I, I thought they did a good job introducing her and getting letting us get to know her again but let's talk about the guys um, I mean we start right away with that naked shot of Connor B in the bathtub and personally if I saw my eighth grade math teacher like that I just don't know if I could ever go back to you know do an algebra with Mr. with Mr. Brennan after I saw him naked strumming a mini guitar slash ukulele, whatever that was, on The Bachelorette on national television. Did you did you notice that? Yeah. And I think that some people get so wrapped up in this franchise and just reality TV in general, not just The Bachelor, and like fully forget that it's gonna be played back and like you're gonna have to watch it and your parents are gonna have to watch it. Your students in this case. It's just very weird to me. I'll never understand. I really think that people just get into a trance and it's like, how can I be like the most, how can I stand out? How can I be funny? And then it comes across like all wrong. Like I was like, all right, that's enough. Which I will say, so Connor, I thought he was once, you know, when you see him clothed, but not in a cat costume, he is cute and he seems Mm -hmm. like a nice guy. Personally, the cat costume for me was a little much. I do think though for Katie, it worked because that was something she clearly was very attracted to him. We saw that make out. She did not hold back. She put on whiskers and stuff herself. And like, I guess the costumes are always a no for me personally. I don't really like the costumes, but again, something Katie liked. But when he like was pawing at the window and mm-hmm. it was a little much, I feel like he, the character and like, you have to stay in the costume the whole night. Like, I think maybe if he did the cat thing and then he had like a nice reveal of, Oh, this is what I look like. Not in a cat costume, which I know they probably make him keep it on to like for consistency, but it, the cat costume was a little much for me, but I'm not the bachelor and Katie is, and she freaking loved it. So I, I think Connor B has a ticket pretty far. Yeah. And it goes back to what you're saying. It is endearing in a way because you put yourself in how you would handle it. And I would just like want to be around the people that came in and were like, hi, I'm so-and-so. 
Um, I'm from here, excited to get to know you, move on. Like that would be the kind of person that I would want to talk to. But I mean, she's giving the the gimmick kind of people don't make it very far in the past. So you've kind of always seen like the Alexis waters of it all. Like she kind of was honest about the fact that like, she didn't really feel a connection with Nick, but she kind of was just riding it out, like having fun, but she came in dressed as like a dolphin. So those people, like it almost takes a lack of, you can kind of tell they aren't as serious about it maybe as other people are. But like you said, Connor B like, he was like distraught when he didn't get the first impression rose. Yes. You saw so much hurt on his face, but it's like, maybe don't wear cat gloves and like be licking at your paws. But that's you what she liked. Your wife. Yeah. So I was actually really confused why he didn't get the first impression rose. We'll probably get to that. Mm-hmm. But I really did think they had this moment and I felt bad for him in the sense that he definitely 100% like thought he had it in the bag. Cause we all did. So I was a little surprised when Greg ultimately like ended up getting it. Yes. We'll get to Greg. I want to run through a few other guys who had like intro packages and we can just talk about their experience overall. Carl was the motivational speaker who brought the portrait of them, which I I never like when they like take photos of like either Photoshop them together or plan out their future. That always freaks me out. And he also had that like map of their journey, which I thought was pretty corny. And he was actually one of the ones cast for Claire's season who didn't make it in between the quarantine and the delay. So that was interesting. Um, He seems like a nice dude, just not for me. Um, Mm -hmm. But Brandon, the Canadian hockey player turned firefighter, not the best hair, but I thought he was very cute and promising. I completely agree. I thought that he was like, I thought he was pretty attractive too. There was something off with the hair. Like, I don't know if it's like falling out and then that's like, what's going to be left. I'm not sure. But yeah. Yeah. He, um, he was pretty cool too, but like, it's kind of, I think Mike, like the gym owner, I think he's going to have like a roller coaster of a season, like based on the the, virgin. Yeah. Based on the promos, he's going to have like a tumultuous journey. Um, and I, it's kind of interesting. I remember like when he came out of the limo he had his like shirt unbuttoned with the chain and I was like, Oh my God, like tuck the chain and whatever. And then later in the promo, like it's, it becomes a thing like, cause it's a cross. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting because here we have someone who I think was, so is he a virgin? Yes. So he's, he's a virgin coming on. So they kept using the words, quote unquote, Katie is sex positive. positive. So this is just a 100% producer thing being like, let's just throw this guy into the wolves and see how he handles being with a girl who's very open about that. She like wants to have sex with all these people in yeah. the promo. She literally was like, is it fantasy sweet time already? I was yeah. like, girl, chill. I asked her about that and the virgin. So you guys will hear that in a little bit, but I also don't like people who describe themselves as formally cocky. Or like the other baseball player who I thought was cute um, with the Little League glove, but he was like, I might look like a, or maybe this was also Mike, but I just like, when you're like, I don't, I look like a player, but I'm not. Or like, I used to be cocky because I was good at sports, but now I'm down to earth. It's like, no, you're probably still pretty cocky if you're going to call yourself cocky. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't like that. That's like a turnoff for me for sure. And I thought that that was a very strange way to introduce yourself. I think even in his bio, it was like, I might look like a player, but I'm not. And it's like, I don't, that means you are to me right. <laughs> like by, by con- even though if he's a virgin whatever but like I don't like describing yourself as that like that it makes you think that you've been on this like journey you're like you're 31 years old like relax like I don't know that that's weird for me I don't know why mm-hmm. one other thing that I noticed was like some of this these bachelor and bachelorette seasons are just so extreme like Colton I can't remember how many times virgin was said like in Colton season but then now we have sex positive being thrown around like you have a guy coming on and like pardon my language. He literally said, I hope you come to the right conclusion. And then there's a guy with a blow up doll. And it's like, there's way these, this franchise just has these like crazy extremes. It's like either you're a virgin and we're going to talk about it the whole time or you're quote unquote sex positive, And like, this is going to define you now. And like, it's kind of interesting. Like I almost feel like it's a little too much because she has so many other great attributes. And like, why does her, wanting to have sex have to be like the theme. That's so interesting you say that because actually I think Nick Vile said it to me on this show or he might've said it somewhere else too, but that being like the bachelor who has sex was like messed with him. 
Mm-hmm. because that was like his narrative because he slept with Caitlin for the fantasy suites and then like his whole season. And then he's like, in the end, I only slept with Vanessa on my season, but like I was the bachelor who has sex or Peter. And the reason on this podcast, I was like, you're the most kissed, the guy who kissed the girls the most nights. And he didn't like that. That was his title. And he thought that maybe mm-hmm. they made it look like that. And they cut out other people kissing more people, which is true. So they definitely do that on the other end though, knowing where we were with Caitlin Bristow when she did sleep with Nick and the reaction the world gave her, was so wild and not even that long ago. And like the slut shaming was so out of control that if this is the alternative, I would prefer this than, you know, cause the guys I feel like get away with a lot more. So at least it was like, a, it's like a bachelorette, the same way kind of people embraced Hannah Brown with the windmill. Exactly. Hopefully we embrace Katie with this versus like what Caitlin Bristow went through. So it was kind of putting in perspective, having her there. You know what I mean? Yes. And it was definitely more like relaxed the way that everyone was talking about it. It wasn't like gasps everywhere, which yeah. was the reaction that like, Caitlin and even Hannah with the windmill kind of got, especially from like the guys she would like the contestants right, she had, me. right? Like the reaction he got. So, I mean, I guess it is kind of a good thing that we're seeing now that it's becoming more of like a normal conversation that's had. I just like feel like there's certain times where it's like, all right, we get it. Like, yeah let's talk about something else. Well, two things that Katie clearly likes are cats and puns and they're not necessarily, I used to have a cat. love her. We'll miss her a lot, but not my favorite thing on the planet and puns. And they don't really do it for me either. But again, these guys did their research and they know Katie. So when you have Justin, the painter, you know, stroking it out and then bring out the paintbrush, that's something that's going to work for her. I mean, he got the first kiss, at least the way we saw it. So we have to keep in perspective like this is our bachelorette this is what she wants she loved all the jokes about sex and the puns um and that's just how it is but someone i wanted to talk about was andrew s the football player who did tiktoks in his hotel room and was doing the fake accent trying to like do bridgerton um that's clay harbour's cousin first of all that's interesting interesting i actually didn't know that yeah Um, but yeah i mean at this point i feel like if you're getting on the bachelor it like you're probably most likely know someone who's been on it, right? Not, I actually heard that they don't love to do that because, um, but they do. If you, um, when I had bachelor data on last week, she was explaining that there's like certain States that have like a lot of bachelor contestants from them. So I think they do probably find success in certain States and casting. And then maybe it's like a friend of a friend of a friend, but we don't have that many of like, Oh, this is my, my good friend. Like I know that Tyler Cameron's friend, one of them, obviously Matt got on, but another one of his friends, JP was supposed to be on clear season and they ultimately cut him. Um, so I think they try to do a balance, but that was interesting that it was Clay's cousin, but overall, like he seemed like he was in the promo a lot, Andrew S. So mm-hmm. even though the accent to me was kind of stupid, um, I feel like he's going to go far. Yeah. I think a lot of the people that she likes, I didn't necessarily actually that's false. I'm going to take that back. Cause she does have some good guys. Um, but the gimmicky stuff, which she liked, it's just kind of crazy. Like I, I do appreciate that she was so open with everyone. Um, but this was another thing that I noticed. I kind of wanted to bring up. I could be wrong, but I feel like there was so much more making out than actual talking. Like, I don't know. And it kind of reminds me of like coming out of quarantine and like, everyone's just like super thirsty. Like, I don't know what was going on, but some only people kissed, like three guys though. Right. Maybe it was just, Maybe it's just that the makeouts were kind of shown like for a long time. No, the makeouts were intense. I think Katie's an intense kisser, something we can definitely conclude. But I don't, I think they only showed us her kissing Greg, Justin, and Connor B. But maybe okay. I missed Maybe one. it just, no, no, probably, no, I think you're right. I think it just probably was a lot in like just watching these makeouts, but like, yeah, they were getting after it. Um, yeah, no, the, I mean, the cat makeout was a lot. The cat makeout was pretty crazy. With whiskers and paws on. And her face was covered in the makeup after. Yeah, like that's a lot for us to all take in. Um, Let's talk about Greg before we get into some of the other guys, because obviously he made a big impact. Um, I liked Greg because he was super nervous and referenced, you know, like you're just the kind of girl I'd walk up to at a bar. Mm -hmm. And he is from Edison, New Jersey. And according to his Instagram, which I stalked, he, you know, spends a lot of his summer weekends down the shore. And as someone who does the same thing, I was like, oh, like I like, he seems like a normal guy who was referencing, you know, you're someone I'd like to see at a bar. I like you. Like just, he was nervous. He was cute. I found him very endearing and kind. And I really hope he is that endearing and kind and nothing comes out about him because I totally bought it. And I like that she gave him the first impression rose for that validation. Cause he was like shaking and so nervous um, versus Connor, who was a little bit more confident in his, his, you know, ability to make out with her in a cat costume. Right. Right. I thought that was, I kind of like that about, so this is the thing about Greg. 
in the moment I was like, wow, this guy like with the pasta necklace, like he's really, you know, like winning her over. It wasn't until I went on TikTok this morning and every other TikTok is like thirsty pictures of him. And then his Instagram itself, like he gained something crazy, like, like 30,000 followers just yesterday. Wow. And the more you look at him and the more that you realize like his life, like as an East coaster, like does the same things that we do probably has been to the Parker house a handful of times, just like us. Yep. Um, it is more, and he's not like jacked and like, he's like an obtainable person. Yeah. And I think that Katie's also the same way. Um, and I, you like seeing people that are relatable to yourself on your TV screen and that you would see in a bar. So I thought he was great. And like, I 100% think he's going to go far. Um, he has, and I think she also was mentioning, I think she might've said it to Tayshia and Caitlin that like, she likes the shy nervous guys and he wasn't even trying to be like that. He just was. Yeah. I will say the only thing I thought was a little weird about, he's one of the ones who was also cast for Claire season and didn't make the cut. So clearly wanted to be, you know, be on this show, which I think is, you know, not a bad thing. I think a lot of people do, but it is just something to know. So him and Carl were the ones who were cast for Claire season last March. And then when the delay, whether it was just because they recast a lot of guys because of whatever Corona, um, they did not make it on the show, but they were both cast originally for Claire and now here for Katie, both made it past night one. I did hear from someone a friend of mine who has a friend who has a friend, you know, one of those who used to date Greg and said nice things about him. So at least so far we're hearing good things because that would break my heart. I think we could see her fall. My early prediction was we see her following the trend of bachelorettes ending up with their first impression rose winner. I would not be shocked at all, but usually after they get the first impression rose, this is when production, you know, tries to make them go to the back seat mm-hmm. because then, you know, they say don't put all your eggs in one basket, which is sort of what Tasha said also. Right. So they just don't want you to think like it's it's just kind of like the Caitlyn and Sean Booth like yes. that was like a first night Your moment. Favorite. My favorite. Um, that was like a first night moment for them and kind of like a JoJo Jordan. Um, and then they try to like throw in these people that or give other people more airtime that they want you to think that those are the people that are like gonna end up like sweeping the person off their feet. Yeah, but I mean it's good TV and. Um, no, I'm like excited to see where all of that goes, but who knows? Like Blake kind of seems like he's going to get far too, which is interesting. Oh, we'll get to Blake Moines. I just wanted to go through a few more limos. Thomas, who was the first man of limo, thought he was really hot, but also really reminded me of Josh Murray. And I know that's a hot take. He doesn't look that much like him, but he has got a little bit like him. And I hope he's not like Josh Murray in his actions, but felt a little like the sweat was bringing me back to paradise, which by the way, mm-hmm. the temperature was so confusing because the guys were sweating and Katie was like wearing one of their jackets. Um, so that confused me. Maybe they're all just nervous with the lights or whatever, but he, the sweat was reminding me of Josh Murray, just his whole vibe. Like he seemed like really amped up and like ready to go. Didn't get the attention that like, Andy gave Josh or Amanda or whatever, but um, he kind of scared me for that reason, even though I have no reason to believe that, PTSD. but I thought he was good looking, right? Did you get that vibe at all? Cause I got people either told me they totally saw it or that I was out of my mind. No, I saw it. I don't know if I would have like picked it out, but when you obviously put up on your story side by side, which I appreciate, um, I did see it in that sense. Did any of the other guys stand out to you? We had we had the guy with the Little League glove who I liked, Connor C. We had Kyle took off his underwear, which I thought was super lame. We had Hunter with the fake fish, who I really could not believe got a rose. Um, Cody with the blow-up doll. The guy who rhymed, Courtney. Um, and Gabriel with the hug. Well, so I thought that Aaron was really attractive when he came out of the limo. Said, hi, how are you? Like, got on with it. Then he was like mixed in all that drama. And I was like, ugh, like he's going to be one of those people. So my thoughts on him changed. I was going like based on like his looks at first. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we have to talk about the Jeff, the RV guy. Oh my God, Jeff. Like why? Like he just like did, it just was, I have so many thoughts on that, but it just was too much. And I kind of felt bad for her being in there because the RV was like a mess. So Jeff is from Cranford, New Jersey, which is the town over that I grew up from. Mm -hmm. And he was in my cousin's grade. And they, when I showed them the clip, they were like cringing. Um, They didn't say anything. I think he's a nice, normal, I think he's a nice guy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that this is kind of a classic case of, 
what this was not going to translate well on television and whoever <laughs> signed off on this whether it was his idea or the producer's idea knew that this was going to fail because inviting right. someone into your rv that's messy with a weird like celery tray and then making a joke with your iced tea that it could be drugged and taking advantage of you is just a no like jeff 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 you were there was just no shot i mean the joke about the iced tea and like it not being alcohol that was like I thought insane to say on TV. No, I know. It was just kind of like, what am I watching right now? Like, I just was like, okay, we could have chopped this out. Um, and then at the I, end when he was like, and he didn't get the rose, he was like, nice to meet you, darling. I was like, oh boy, we, we need to never see this guy on, on ABC yeah. again. He's like, not even 15 minutes. His like 10 seconds are up. Yeah. Um, well, I, one person I wanted to ask you about, which I don't really understand. So James, the who was present. in the massive present, why is it that the present got like a spot on the site, like without his picture? Because I don't think it was anything out of the ordinary. Like, I feel like people have done something similar before, but then they put this present, like as his cast photo on the site. Like, I just don't understand what the purpose of that was because the present obviously was like a gimmick and, and something that someone would normally do in the past, but like they were reaching with having that be, on the site and making us think that like, Oh, maybe it's Blake or maybe it's another um, bachelor nation person who's been on the past. Like I just thought it was like unnecessary. Well, Kelly, I think that's exactly why they did it because there is all this speculation about Blake who, you know, seemingly joins the season. It seems pretty clear, even though Katie tried to downplay a little bit during my chat with her about his role. Um, she did confirm that they spoke beforehand though, which is interesting. Um, also downplayed that though. Um, and I think that they wanted us to speculate and I think it was it's like, you know, something silly and they like the promos, you know, it gets attention and the show has been on for so many years that to consistently, you know, count on people tuning in and questioning and wondering and wanting to know they have to do stupid stuff like that, like include the present as the bio. I need to go back and look and see if James now has an official bio. Um, but I also think that the presidency, like again, like the gimmicks for me are like so, ugh, but like also you need it for television, I guess. But mm-hmm. the one thing about the present I thought he was in it way too long. However, it guaranteed him the one-on-one time for the reveal. I can't remember which one it was. Maybe Brandon, who was on the moped. Like, if he popped out of the box, I would have been like, oh. But, like, James is really cute. So, like, it kind of worked. Right. Like, when he jumped out, I was like, oh, okay. This isn't that bad. Yeah. And what is up with every single person, like, wearing a gray suit? Like, I feel like everyone who came out, I was like, I'm not going to be able to tell all these people apart because they're all the same suit. Also the guy who had his, the, like his um, ankles out, like so much, like he was wearing the Capri pants. There was a few short suit. I didn't like that either. The fashion was, was a little questionable from the guys, but I really did think, I mean, Katie called them all tens, which was generous, but there was a lot Mm -hmm. of cute guys, even when they were like being cringy, like they, the guys kind of were cringy and like whatever, but I think Katie liked that. Like she likes cringe and pun and awkward, like we were saying, but I do think she did have a pretty good looking group. And I feel like maybe that could be some in person that they look even better too. Cause that happens a lot with these people where you see the pictures and then even like night one when they're nervous and sweating, like you don't realize how good looking they are until maybe like a paradise. And I mean, Caitlin and Tasha have, were both like, very impressed with with the looks of the guys too, which I think they kind of have to say, but I really think, I don't know. I feel like it was a decent looking group of guys for sure. Yeah. And I saw something online that like a third of them um, were like people of color, which I think is like a great, like the, the cast was very diverse, but it was like everyone just, I thought it was just a great group of people. And obviously there was the weirdos in there, but I think for her, like she got a good batch and like, she's very serious about this. Like, she wants to find someone like whereas other people like I question Claire's intentions to go back on but like I really genuinely feel like Katie just wants to meet someone it was kind of sad when she um in the promo she was like I've been looking for love like my whole life and I've just never found it like you kind of feel for her and like I'm happy for her like I think she deserves this I agree and I think it's also a difference I mean you mentioned Claire but also just going from a bachelor season to a bachelorette season you always feel like the girl wants it and believes it. And mm-hmm. I think there's a reason that we see bachelorettes have some more success sometimes. Um, speaking of weird though, Gabriel, the guy who did the weird hug thing, that was also a no for me. I don't like when any of them do, obviously it's like a quick hug intro if the girl goes in for it, whatever, but I don't like the long hugs. And I don't like when, they, or like when they try to do like a forced kiss on like the opening and like steal the kiss. I don't like the like forced physical touch on the limo entrance. I think it's mm-hmm. creepy and it's weird. I think that's probably why he didn't get a rose. He also, um, my aunt actually pointed that to me. I believe he's the only one who at least they didn't show him like complimenting her. Like he made it about himself. Yeah. 
I know exactly. I also didn't like Courtney the Rhymer. The name Courtney freaks me out too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the poem was not really it for me. I I think we need to retire poetry on The Bachelor, especially when Mm -hmm. it's like sexual and you had no poetry, not really a thing for me. Let's talk about Aaron and Cody. Cody was the one with the blow up doll. First of all, what did you think of the blow up doll, Sandy? I hated it, but that's just me. me. It's like, I feel like a lot of my thoughts have been negative just because I'm picturing me in the situation. She was like laughing away. It was like a whole big thing. Um, But yeah, no, it's a little much. Yeah, I agree. But we did see Aaron and Cody um, randomly in the the episode. I watched this episode more than once um, because I'm a professional. And I every time thought I missed something with Cody and Aaron. But after watching it live with everyone and going on Twitter, I realized that no, they just didn't give us any context about this fight. Um, And I know that they both currently live in San Diego. They're 26, 27. But Cody is from New Jersey. Um, They seemingly made it feel like they knew each other since he was like, I already, I don't like you. Like they had an established relationship. I feel like that's going to play out on the show. But I did hear from some people from New Jersey who know Cody or know, you know, sources. So we'll say told me that Aaron allegedly, allegedly um, made a comment about the blow up doll Sandy being inappropriate and kind of questioned Cody's intentions for being there, which is what started that fight. And they didn't include that. Um, I don't really know why I think maybe just cause they want us to like be questioning it, but that's what I heard. Yeah. I was kind of like, where is this? This is coming out of nowhere. So I was also on my phone a little bit during the episode and I looked up and there's just two guys fighting and it's like, all right. It was kind of interesting how, there really wasn't any drama. Like that was it for the most part. Whereas normally, I mean, I feel like it's, it can always be different with the different franchises. There's definitely people fighting over. I didn't get to talk to this person. You got to talk to them twice. No one was like double dipping or like, I mean, I think they just didn't show a lot of that maybe because we did see some of the guys like really upset at the end when like she got the first impression rose being like, I didn't have my time yet. Mm-hmm. But maybe like you were saying, you know, they didn't want bullying and whatever to be the focus, but they still want it to be The Bachelor. And, you know, we do want a little bit of drama. I'm not mm-hmm. saying, and I always say this every year, it's like, I want what I can't have. If it's like, it's too nice, I want the drama. If it's too much drama, I feel like they need to tone it down. And maybe they were, this is them trying to find the middle spot, but you got to give us some context. Like that came out of nowhere. They also didn't show us like that token drunk person who's usually like fallen over by the end of the night. Um, all the guys besides Cody and Aaron came off, you know, at least mentally all there by the end. Yeah, no, it was, it was different. I don't really know exactly what it was, but it was a little different. And part of me is wondering, and I can't confirm this, have premieres been three hours in the past? Is that why we felt like there was like not that much? Like, I feel like obviously, like you were kind of saying a few guys had like storylines, storylines. They were like focal points. And then when the rose ceremony came along, I was like, I don't know who that person is. So they just, some people, it didn't really seem like they showed at all, but you know, I was, no, you're not making that up. Premieres have been three hours. They've been two nights. They've mm-hmm. done everything um, over the years. And I, I always wonder why they made those decisions. I don't know if it's like if they're coming off like a season that did really well in the ratings and they think they can pull it off. If they think that I think, though, it probably comes down to if they had enough material. And also because Katie kind of seems like a no BS person, maybe, you know, there wasn't that much drama because they knew that would like turn her off. Um or what, but, or you, you know, you go back to like last year's premiere and it's like, it was just Claire talking about Dale for two hours. So, you know, they're different every year um, for sure. And I think that it was solid. That's why I keep coming back to, it was solid. We got to know some of the guys better than I think we got to know half of Matt's girls already. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to know Katie really, really well. And they said the, the promos I thought looked really good. I thought that it looked like, I mean, I wonder what triggers this meltdown. I wonder if one of the guys like, has a girlfriend or if they all of them hate one of them, it could be someone like a Cody who, you know, if Aaron is already allegedly accusing him on night one, like to not being genuine, like maybe he's part of the drama. You know, we have my Thomas theory about Josh Murray. That's totally unfounded. Haven't heard that from anyone, but maybe it's one of these guys who, you know, Katie falls for really fast. And then the group is, is insisting that they're not genuine. Totally. I think that's a great theory. We have seven guys who went home. 
Jeff and his RV had to drive back to New Jersey. Marty, Brandon on the moped, Austin, Gabriel, the guy who did the weird hug, Landon and Marcus. Um, half of those names obviously mean nothing to any of us, but I did write them down. They're the ones we saw go. We're down to 22. And I think the only other thing we didn't talk about was the Blake Moines of it all. Um, reactions to him deciding that uh, Katie's the one for him somehow. The boombox outside the window was a big, hard no for me. Have you ever seen um, the movie say anything? I mean, I know he, it was a movie reference, but it's, it was beyond corny to me. He could have <laughs> just knocked on the door, been like, I'm here for you. And I think yeah. it would have had an equal reaction. Um, but then again, we, this is probably something that she really liked. Um, he was like super vocal about how much he really liked her. And like, he came there for her. She's the, I think he said, did he say she's the one for him? I believe he did. Yeah, which I thought was a little aggressive considering they, I mean, had they hung out before? Like you had done, you had talked to Katie too. Like, have they actually hung out before or is it just kind of like social media interactions? According to Katie, which we'll play my interview with her in just a minute, um, they talked on Instagram and she said it was much more like a friendly, like after you're eliminated whatever thing um mm-hmm. but maybe she's teasing it maybe you know because it's i have a hard time believing when the people show up because i you've heard becca tilly talk about ben higgins like she they she had his number but he was definitely gonna be the bachelor caitlin and um nick vile like they talked but she also still really wanted to be the bachelorette and like i don't always love when they bring people back but at the same time it's what is the alternative like if they want to go be the lead and this person really thinks they have a future with them you usually see them have some quote unquote success, make it kind of far, not never win. But I don't think Blake Moines is going to win, but I usually, if they also show up halfway, that gives them a, an edge. Cause if like you want to keep them around for the story of it all, or you send them home right away. Those are the options kind of. Yeah, it's totally. I completely agree. Do you think Blake Moines is going to win? I don't think Blake's going to win. No. Um, I, there's someone out there for Blake. I don't know if it's her or I don't know if this situation is for him. He just has a target on his back. When you come in as someone who's been on the show before and some of the days have already started or the guys start to already become friends with each other. And then you just get thrown into the wolves. I just don't think it's, it's going to be great for you. They'll find something wrong with you. They'll go to Katie and say like, he's here for the wrong reasons. And you know, they'll, he'll say those kind of things. I just don't think people who come in like late, or even if it's just a couple of days late, have like a very great track record. And it's nothing on the person. I think it's the way that the housemates and the, the rest of the cast like handle it. Um, yeah. I think they'll come. I think they're going to say, we've kind of seen the preview. They're all of course distraught when he walks in. They're like, what's this guy doing here? Like another guy was like throwing punches like <laughs> practicing punching. So, I mean, they're just triggered. So yeah. I don't know. I, I went back and I watched the interview I did with Blake Moynes in December. It's on us because YouTube. And I think the audio is on this podcast from then. And he was like still upset about Tasha. And like thought he was in love with both Claire and Tasha. Yeah. So a part of me is like, okay, this guy, you know, He's all right, relax. Yeah. A little like he will fall in love at the same time. Like it shows the show quote unquote works for him. If he thinks he's finding some love in this major connection. So True. very interested to see how that works out. You guys should go back and listen to it. If you're curious, cause he had, he had a lot to say about his time on the show and, you know, thinking about what ifs and Tasha and that whole thing. A lot of people also, by the way, I was watching us weekly's Google trends during the episode. And a lot of Zach and Tasha articles started to trend when Tasha mentioned Zach on the episode and people were questioning if they were still together because they haven't really been posted about themselves on Instagram that much. But I saw a sighting of them this weekend in New York. So I, I think they're still going right. strong. I think they're just maybe not being, you know, over the top with the Instagram. Maybe they're trying to avoid speculation, but that only, that does just cause it. So I think mm-hmm. they're going strong. We'll see. Um, but I thought that was interesting that people were, were already curious about those two because it hasn't been that long. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. Do you have a final pick before I let you go of who it would be your final Rose recipient as your way too early guess? Oh, I hate that I'm saying this right now, but I think that I'm going to have to say Greg. I at first wasn't blown away, but now I'm um, seeing how thirsty everyone is on TikTok and uh, Instagram. Like I'm just kind of like going with that, with that with the flow. But then after we talked about him, we're like, Oh yeah, we would totally like meet this guy or hang out with this guy at a bar. I was like, I like that, like that appeal for him. So I'm going to go with Greg. I hate it that I'm saying that because it's very like mainstream, but I really do think that 
I know. I don't want to, I don't want to say the same thing as you, but that's genuinely my feeling too. I feel like someone like a Justin is going to fizzle out really soon. He got the first kiss and then they're going to like have a moment and he's going to be maybe one of the ones who she sends home earlier than we think. I could see Connor having that too. I think he's going to go far, but I also could see, you know, it's the heartbreak of it all, right? Like we think they're (laughs) going to win. Um, but that's all just a guess, but Katie, you know, she gave me a little bit of inside scoop about how she was feeling and everything to come for the season. So before I let you guys go, here is my chat with the bachelorette herself, Katie Thurston. All right, let's get right to it. So tell me how you're feeling as you prepare to watch this journey back. I'm a little bit of everything. I'm excited. I'm anxious. I'm scared. You know, reliving those, those connections or heartbreak, that's going to be tough. Um, you made it pretty clear that you're, you're looking for an engagement. You came from a bachelor season that didn't end in an engagement. So why were you so sure that that's something that you wanted? I just know where I'm at in life and it really shows how serious I am about falling in love and finding my person. And if the thought of being engaged scares you, then you're not ready to be with me. That's fair. Um, Matt was recently asked what advice he would give you. And he said that you should be the one giving him advice. So knowing what you know now, what advice would you give him or any lead on this journey? I would say to let go of control. That was something I struggled with as well. And, and while I don't fully know how his time went, you know, when I wasn't around him, I know that's something that I was told by Tasha actually, the advice she gave me. And I think it's the biggest thing when you go through this is let go of control, surrender to the process and, and trust that everything works out the way it's supposed to. In the trailer, we see, you know, you have a bit of a moment where you might be threatening to quit or walk away or there's some drama. What can you tease for me about what that, what's going to happen there, what you were feeling in that moment? I will say at that moment, I was at my lowest and and really wanted to leave. And if it wasn't for the amazing women who have been bachelorettes before helping me navigate that, I probably would have. And so I'm so thankful for all of them. If you, you in the premiere, which will save anything that, you know, hasn't aired yet for after in the premiere, you really think that you're going to be on your own. Did you, did you think there was going to be no host before Tisha and Caitlin popped up? (laughs) I thought maybe there'd be people helping with like dates, you know, here and there, but I certainly did not expect to have both of them there with me the entire time. And so I think I was just like so overwhelmed. Like you see, I'm like crying, (laughs) have like relief and happiness and excitement to have them there to help me. Um, What can you tell me about your reaction to Blake Moynes showing up? Did you know him at all before the show? Did you talk? Did you know who he was? I definitely knew who he was, which also Tasha's ex-boyfriend. So that's weird. (laughs) True. Yeah. Um, we had chatted before, but usually what happens is like the guys will reach out to the women once they're eliminated and be like, good luck. You did great. Like very generic, you know? And so to see him, I was like, why is he here? Like, What's happening? Obviously we don't know what's going to happen, but you know, it, were you, were you nervous to potentially invite him in if you do, because you had relationships, I assume forming with the other men. I mean, we have to see if that's even why he's there. Like I said, he's Tasha's ex-boyfriend, so I don't know what's happening. That's very fair, too. Um, uh, during Matt's season, you were kind of the one who stood up, you know, to a lot of the drama. You informed Matt of some of the stuff going on in the house. According to the trailer, you're going to have a fair share of drama yourself to deal with. Um, so what can you tease me about the drama? And were you looking for someone to kind of come to you and let you know what was going on the way you did with Matt? I mean, yeah, I wanted it to be a safe space for everyone and allow people to speak up when they wanted to. And I mean, there's going to be drama when you have all the guys dating one woman, you know, but I will say there's also a lot of really endearing parts that I really hope Bachelor Nation gets to see because the romance of this group of men was very strong. (laughs) And that, that assume was something that you find attractive in a contestant who can get along with the other guys, right? Yeah, I'm looking for a mature man who can handle himself, understand what he signed up for, which is you're sharing a girlfriend right now <laughs> and, and do the best that they can. In the premiere, we see, you know, Greg stands out to you. He gets the first impression rose, but we also see some connections. With, I think it was Justin got the first kiss. We have the cat was definitely made a, made a move on you. Um, what about Greg made you, or Greg, Craig, Greg, Greg, Greg gave you the first impression rose for, over the others. Sorry. What I loved about Greg is he was just true to himself, which was this like very nervous, very uncomfortable guy. You know, he didn't try and act cool or like be this guy that he's not. He was just like, this is me and I'm really freaking scared. (laughs) And I thought it was really endearing, you know, and I could tell as long as he opened up, there was something more there. And so I thought, you know, giving him the first impression rose would give him that validation of I'm into you. Let's figure this out. I definitely saw a connection there with Connor B, the cat. What can, you, what can you tell me about why you liked Connor so much on night one, too? 
Well, first of all, he's dressed as a cat and he did his research on me. I love my cat so much. And then he has these ridiculous jokes that made me laugh. He's handsome. And honestly, he was the first name I remembered by heart. Like I was like, I know him, Connor the cat. That's what I called him. Um, and he's just a great guy. Love that. Um, there are, another theme seems to be, obviously, you're a very sex-positive bachelorette. That came up a little bit. Was that something important for you that you wanted to represent and also to help you find your husband? Yeah, you'll see it incorporated throughout my journey, uh, conversations around sex, because it is important in a relationship, and it's important uh, to be with me, to be able to talk about those things. And if you're not ready to talk about sex, you're certainly not ready to get married. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And one of the contestants, you know, reveals they might be a little inexperienced, a virgin. How was that something that, does that affect your decision with anyone? Or were you just happy that they wanted to talk to you and be open with you? I will say uh, you'll have to find out how that relationship uh, goes, but I was pleasantly surprised. Oh, I like that. Um, you also spoke a little bit about your parents' divorce in the beginning of, of the first episode. Was that something that impacted your journey throughout this experience? Definitely. I mean, for me, even now at 30, I never got to see what a healthy marriage looks like. And so that has caused me to kind of learn as I go on things that I should be looking for, things that are considered red flags. Um, and so this was perfect because now I'm being exposed to 30 guys and, and really trying to figure that out. Were your parents supportive of this journey? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Um, and before I let you go, this is a quick little rapid fire about night one. So just say the first name or thing that pops into your head. Um, your favorite limo entrance? Connor B, the cat. <laughs> Do you have a least favorite? I know that's a hard question. Oh, gosh. Um, the RV was probably my least favorite. <laughs> I was going to say, what, what turned you off more, the RV or the blow-up doll? <laughs> Uh, the RV, I'll take the blow up, day, blow up doll any day over that RV. That RV was so scary. I thought so too. Um, what was the best present or gift you received on night one? I mean, the gift, the box, the gift box. <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> of did you, what did you think was hiding in there? Well, I thought, is it someone I know? Is it an ex? Is it... I don't, I don't know. Like, I had no idea what to expect. Is it a joke? You know, maybe they're actually not joining my journey. <laughs> so I really didn't know what to expect, especially with the commitment of staying in the box almost the entire night. Wild. Um, do you have a best dressed? Oh, James is pretty well dressed. Um, best piece of advice that Tasha and Caitlin gave you? They gave me different advice, but they're, they stand out both. Uh, Caitlin said, don't fall in love with like one person on the first night, like be open. Um, and then Tasha was the one who said, you know, surrender to the process, trust the journey. How many times do you think you turned around roughly on night one to get their reaction when you were watching, when you guys were watching the guys pull in together? Every single time. As soon as the guy was out of sight, I looked at them and like gave them a little feedback of like, yay, or like, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and if you had to guess, how many names do you think you remembered on your own night one? Actually, all of them. So I come from a finance background where I have to know my customers by face and name. And so I picked that up right away. Wow, that's impressive. And finally, of course, I know you can't tell me, but are you happy now? How are we feeling, you know, post-show? Where, where are we at? You know, I've come to learn that everything happens for a reason. And that being said, I am happy, yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Katie. I can't wait to watch. I don't know if you've seen the premiere yet, but I watched it. Is there anything we haven't seen yet that we haven't seen in the premiere that you hope that people get to see down the line? I mean, just the guys, like I, that's all I can say. It's going to be a great season. I just, I feel confident about that. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, tell your friends about this podcast and come back every week for more Bachelor breakdowns. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.